0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
1: There is a new show coming to Vegas, however, Mike Garofolo, it is. It's Jimmy Garoppolo headed to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm trying to think of an Adele song.
2: Rumor has it, rumor has it, <laughs> it, sources have it, that the deal is being closed in upon right now. But wait! There's more! Be sure take us with you as you get ready for march madness and yes we
1: are talking march madness
3: this is unnecessary roughness here's your boy q
1: this just in from Ian Rappaport. The Raiders are expected to sign former Eagles safety Marcus Epps, per me and Mike Garofalo. Again, today is the first day of legal tampering, so we found out the news about Jimmy G earlier today, found out the news about Jared Stidham headed to Denver earlier today. Now we find out the news about the Raiders coming to agreement with Eagles safety Marcus Epps. He'll be joining the Raiders mix in... Providing a little bit of that defensive help that we've been talking about quite a bit here so far on the show. But joining us now on the phone lines, our good friend Jason Horowitz, Raiders play-by-play voice. And also, very, very active when it comes to uh, March Madness. It's a fun time of year, Jason. The brackets are out. I know that you're going to be heavily involved with Westwood One. Before we even get into any Raider talk, man, tell us a little bit about what you guys got going on uh, for this uh, March Madness run that you'll be on. Well,
2: so So this is my 10th year. Uh, as the studio host of the NCAA tournament, the official national radio broadcast of the tournament. And so, you know, like what it used to be when we were kids, and CBS was the only place where you could watch it, and Greg Gumbel, at least when I was a kid, and Greg Gumbel was taking you from game to game. And, you know, they had people doing every game, but you only saw bits and pieces of where the best action was. And, um, you know, that's kind of my role. And it's it's, it's been... <laughs> Man, Q, I remember it was 2014. I had just come back from the Sochi Olympics. Uh, I had agreed earlier in the year to the contract to take over as the host of the tournament. And I remember skipping down 10th Avenue in New York City, like just like a joyful seven-year-old. Was like the tournament as a kid. I think I told you this story before, but like I used to love to try and stay home from school to watch the Thursday and Friday of the tournament to the point where I put a thermometer under the hot water. And, you know, that day that it got up to 106, my mom's like, you're lying, you're going to school. And, like, um, she's like, I can't believe you broke the thermometer. And, uh, um, but it's, it's, it's still my favorite. It's, it's you know, it's everything that people like, right, something that they can be vested in. People, you know, fill out brackets. They love upsets. We love buzzer beaters, the action itself, schools you learn about, uh, all of it. And, and, and it's a three-week event. So um, I, I love every minute of it. I've, I've always wanted to be part of it, and, I, and I'm always honored to be part of it.
1: Jason Horowitz is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Damon's got one for you.
3: I've got to get your thoughts on Jim Bayheim. Stepping down. Syracuse did the guy. team let him did the team let him go? I know you got those Syracuse connections. What are your thoughts?
2: I don't I, I don't have inside information on that. I, if I had to guess, I, I would guess that uh, that next year, no matter what was going to be Jim Beheim's last year, and if I had to guess. I bet there was a difference of opinion about who Jim wanted to have succeed him versus who the university decided to go with, which is Adrian Autry, because they've had multiple Syracuse players on his staff over a long period of time, uh, and Syracuse really good players. And Adrian Autry is one of his main recruiters. Adrian Autry was a very good player in the 90s, and he's been on his staff for a dozen years. Um, But... But Jerry McNamara is probably an all-time great Syracuse player who's also been on the staff for a really long time. And so I don't, I don't know the, the in-depth details there. Um, it does feel like it was time to make a change. You know, Syracuse, it wasn't that long ago that Syracuse was, A, still relevant and, B, still really good. I right. mean, they were a one or a two seed eight, nine years ago. But, you know, it's been five, six, seven years now where they've been hovering around the, hey, we're going to be bubble, we're going to be the perennial bubble team. Uh, and it was time to make a change.
1: Well, Jason, I'll have to say this, man. I mean, when it comes to Jim Beheim, and regardless of, you know, how he got out, why he's out, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. The guy was there 47 years on the sideline. I'm 46 years old. That's all I know when it comes to Syracuse and basketball, not to mention he played there. So, just for what he meant to the program, talk about Jim Beheim.
2: Well, I mean, he is Central New York. Right. Like, I mean, you could go beyond that and talk about some of the things that Syracuse is the first in. You go with Jim Brown, and you go with the first African-American Heisman Trophy winner, Ernie Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of those type of things that you go back to. Uh, and, and, and you know, you think New York, and you think, well, it's the North and, you know, it's the, you know all those things. But the reality is that Central New York was... It wasn't the South. It wasn't segregated, but there was still a lot of racist roots in Central New York. And so Jim Brown and Ernie Davis and all that stuff—that's a big deal uh, in in Central and Upstate New York. Uh, but 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 Jim Beheim grew up in New York, and Jim Beheim was a player at Syracuse. And Jim Beheim has been on staff at Syracuse since 1969. Okay, like 1969 is pre Watergate, and there are listeners who right now who are listening, they're like, well, well, I only know about Jimmy Garoppolo. What's water? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what's that? Uh, and, but, but that's like 50 years ago, and Jim Beheim has been uh, you know on staff since, since then. So um, it's, it, he is part of Syracuse, obviously. Uh, he is a major reason why the Big East became a major thing. He is a big reason why college basketball – Became as as big of heights. There's a lot of things that can go credit to Jim bay and Syracuse and the Carrier Dome and all that stuff, and
1: uh, and he deserves all of that.
3: Jason, I want to before I fill in my two bracket, three zone, baby, two three zone. <laughs> before I fill in my bracket, that's I want to get the be, opinion. Yeah, <laughs> zone is for cowards. Uh, why are we playing it? Hey, man up, come on.
1: Shut yourself up, man. You ain't you ain't playing
3: know, no dude, defense.
2: Mike, hey, listen, my quads and hamstrings hurt from my uh, my hit run today on Peloton. I don't I don't. I don't know that I could even go side-to-side side laterally well enough to play zone right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've got to talk to everybody before I fill out my bracket, and you being a guy who's in the know of college basketball, I know you've got to brush up for March Madness. Give me a sleeper out there. So, What's a team that everybody's sleeping on that might get a win or two?
2: How deep do you, like you want? like You want me to try to give you St. Peter's, or are you trying to figure out, like, you're 13, that's a good 13, and, and maybe, you know, they get a win, and then we're talking about them. Like, what? how deep are we talking
3: about here? As deep as you, you want to go. At like
2: a 60, or are you looking at, like, a 60
3: that can make a run to the Final Four? I'm, see, here's my thoughts. He
1: don't know. Memphis, he don't know. Memphis is an 18.
3: They're going to beat FAU. Then they're going to beat Purdue. Like, I've already got Memphis winning it all. So convince me that maybe it's going to be somebody did other than Memphis. Did you
1: have Memphis last year?
3: Yes, I did. And what happened? Hey, man, hey, <laughs> this hey, year's our and year.
2: Memphis should have. Memphis should have beaten Gonzaga last year. Should they have, got should have. on a couple of calls. Hosed. Uh hey, listen, I first of all I I like Memphis and they got two really good college basketball players and, and 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 like really good. Kendrick Davis is a really good old college basketball player. Um the country does not know about Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, you know, everyone's complaining about Texas A and M and the seed that they got or Duke. Florida Atlantic is the most underseed team in the country. Their predictive measures have them in the top twenty five. They're metrics have them in the top 25. Their net rankings have them in the top 25. All of that means they should have been a six or a seven seed, and they're a nine. So I got news for you, buddy. I think Florida Atlantic is about to beat Memphis, Ooh. and then hello, Purdue. Now, how does Florida Atlantic ha- handle who's going to be the National Player of the Year in Zach I don't know. Nobody in the Big Ten figured out how to handle Zach <laughs> Eady. But there were teams that could beat Purdue because they've got two freshman guards. Uh, and, you know, guards win in the tournament, and those guys have been really good all year, but they're freshman guards. So, you know, Florida Atlantic's a team to be paying attention to. The Creighton Blue Jays, you know, if you want a team that maybe make a run in like that 5-6-7 range to the Final Four, I don't love them. But Creighton was preseason top ten for a reason, and they're seeded sixth correctly because of how the season went. But this season went that way because of injuries and they had an illness. Zach Kulkbrenner had mono. He's their best player. Uh, he said he missed like a few games and so like they lost a bunch of those. So they're in the right seed line, but they're a lot better than I think people thought. So, you know, if you're looking for a team that might make an upset or a run, you know, Creighton might be that team too.
1: There you go. There's the NCAA. Uh, that was the little advice there from one Jason Horowitz. We're both gonna
2: lose in game right,
1: one, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how it always we're both works, we're both Jason. Losing game one. That's, that's how it always works. Again, you can check out Jason. He's uh, doing a lot of great work with Westwood One uh, for all the March Madness coverage. Of course, we'll have that right here on our very airways. But let's get to the silver and black, Jason. We found out today that Jimmy yeah. G is incoming. Jared Stidham. Let's start with him. He's outgoing. He's on his way to Denver. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? Very much so.
2: Uh, and, and, and this is not any inside information whatsoever. Um, it, it, this is just, you know, you, Jared said when they traded for him last year, not that they gave up a lot. It was a, basically a simple trade. Um, but when you gave up, a, when you traded for him, it's because clearly there's a, a comfort level there. Uh, he played very well against the best defense in the NFL, San Francisco. And you'd think that, that the Raiders would want to bring him back uh, clearly they didn't want to bring him back as a starter. That's obvious is what we've seen today. But you'd think that they would have wanted him to bring him back as a backup. Now, what I'm interested in, you know, Jarrett Siddham clearly didn't think he was going somewhere else to be the starter uh, because Russell Wilson is there. And I don't know enough about why he didn't want to stay or what was offered, if anything at all. Right. And I think, you know, that would be very interesting to find that out is if maybe the Raiders uh, and, and, and the staff that came with, the Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels was like, hey, look, we watched two games. We knew them all year. We wanted to get a different backup. So so maybe it's that. Um, maybe they didn't want to pay $10 million for, for their backup quarterback or $5 million per year. So I'm not sure about that. Um, or, or, and this is probably the bigger, better bet, is that, hey, look, we're only going to have two active quarterbacks and then the third is going to be on the practice squad. We're signing Jimmy Garoppolo, we're drafting a quarterback. Right. So if I had to guess, my assumption is, based off of everything that's been said, that they, are, they knew they were signing Jimmy Garoppolo, that's happened, we're going to go draft a quarterback, and he's going to be the backup. And so there's no reason to sign Jarrett Stidham, and they probably knew that, and that's probably what ended up happening.
1: Well, let me ask you about Jimmy G and something that you pointed out a little earlier on Twitter about the 8.3 yards uh, per, per attempt, yeah. and that, that led the league the last three seasons. How important is that, and how does that factor into helping this Josh McDaniels offense go?
2: Well, you've got Devontae Adams, right? I mean, you've got mm-hmm. one of the great threats to get downfield, is, 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 and more anywhere, in the NFL. And, you know, I, I don't know what Devontae's Instagram post means. unless it, Maybe we just means exactly what he said, which is, hey, if you haven't talked to me in three weeks, don't ask me about anything. Right? Maybe it's as simple as that. I don't know. Um, but you've got a quarterback. And, I, you look, I understand people's concerns with Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries. I, I get that. Um, I understand the, the perception that, hey, the Niners didn't think he was good enough to be the starter. We got Trey Lance. We're going to go with him. But look what happened. Like, before Trey Lance got hurt, the Niners weren't very good. And then the Niners' offense was good again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, look, people have their perceptions about him, and I understand that, but let's not forget that he was three years ago the, the, the AP runner-up for player of the year or comeback player of the year. So, like, Jimmy Garoppolo has had some very good seasons. Derek Carr has had some very good seasons. But there is one thing that Jimmy Garoppolo right now is that Derek Carr is not, and that is less expensive. right. And, if we think of, and, and, and and if we think about all the things that the Raiders need, right from a six and 11 season where most of the games were a, draw, a, a couple of plays differential from being a 10 and seven or 11 and six, what you think about is, hey, there are massive defensive upgrades that need to be made. And whether that happens in the draft, you just, you just said when I came on that they signed Marcus Epps, or reportedly that they're signing Marcus Epps. Yep. That was one of the starting safeties for the Eagles. Now, that wasn't the starting safety <laughs> that everybody talks about. Right. That's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Maybe they're both coming. Right. I don't know. Um, but, but clearly they have holes that they need to fill on all three levels of the defense. And so, Garrett Carr versus Jimmy Garoppolo is a massive difference in salary cap, mm-hmm. and that, and and I don't know that it's a massive difference in terms of production. So if you're going to get similar guy, assuming Jim Garoppolo is healthy, uh, or maybe even just as good or better, then you want more players who are going to be difference makers, and you need the money to do that. So I think from that perspective, it's a good move if he can fail to.
3: All right, in an update, since we've started this interview with you, Jason, Devontae Adams did go on a tweet. Don't make too much of it. Phone dry. Then here comes everybody trying to get the inside scoop. Blank is annoying. That's it. Jimmy, let's get it. Money bag emoji, fist emoji. Q back you to you. <laughs> <laughs> there goes there
1: goes Devon with the breaking news that we needed right there, the Devontae endorsement. Also, from Vinny, the Raiders have come to terms on an agreement with defensive back Brandon Faison. So Faison returns to the silver and black. He was there, what, a year ago? Uh, then he went to Indy. Didn't he go to Indy with Gus Bradley? Yes, as he a, did. No. But he, had
3: a, he finished out the uh, 2021 season very strongly. Right, exactly. So
1: he's returning as well. Some more defensive help is incoming. So, Jason, you talked about bringing in playmakers. And, again, with that salary, and that's how I started the whole show. I'm not a big Jimmy G guy at all, and most of it's because of the injuries. I'm just
2: Why is that?
1: Well, just because of the injury, because I just don't think that guys – Get healthier, right? The the older they get, I feel like that they get uh, more injury prone. So that's why I was like really shocked when Jared Stidham was out of there because I felt like, all right, well, at least Stidham will be the backup to Jimmy G. And then he was gone, and then they signed Jimmy G or ag- agreed to terms with Jimmy G. And I thought, whoa, now the backup becomes a very important position on the team. But, but I, go ahead.
2: Well what I said makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah, right? like absolutely. If the Raiders' plan all along was to sign. A, you know, a middle-level veteran mm-hmm. to be the starter and draft someone, there's no reason to pay Jarrett Siddham to be your backup if that is the plan. Right. And clearly that seems to be um, the plan. Uh, and so we'll see. Brandon, face it, you're right. I mean, 2021, you know, he had a solid last month um, during that run where they won four in a row to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, memory serves, he had a had a – you know, a couple of big plays. He was a starter towards down mm-hmm. the stretch there. So, um, but, you know, I think I, the one thing, and, and Marcus, Epps, I know he's a starter on a super, on an NFC champion this year, but this was his first year as a starter. Right. Uh, and, and, and they had a lot of really good players, but here's the thing that the Eagles had that the Raiders needed to get, needed to get help with. Uh, the, the Eagles had 70 sacks. Right. So,
1: right. So, <laughs> that you know, part.
2: that makes the secondary look really good.
1: Yep. Yeah, it does. It really does. And Epps, to his credit, played 1,058 defensive snaps last season. That was most by any Eagles player. Uh, Eight of Philly's top nine players by total defensive snaps last season have either left or are current free agents or have received permission to seek a trade. So uh, they're losing players right and left, and there's something to be said about guys that have won too, You know that have won and and done it consistently, uh, having them in the locker room. So we'll see how it all plays out. But my final question for you is, with all this being said and done that has happened so far with the agreement with Jimmy G, Jared leaving. Uh, the couple defensive players coming in as well. How critical or important do you feel like it is now to make sure that they get a deal done with Josh Jacobs?
2: Um, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I, my, my, my gut is it's important. Mm-hmm. I think Josh is a, you know, look, we're talking about the NFL rushing leader. We're talking about a guy who was chasing down Marcus Allen's record, and he was doing it while hurt the second half of the season. So there's no question that Josh Jacobs was a massive piece uh, to what the Raiders did last year. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, look, you've got to run the football. There's no right. question about that. Uh, but at the same time, to me, how, Q, Q, you've been a Raiders fan your entire life. Yep. We are talking about two decades almost where the Raiders haven't finished better than top 20 in defense in, in, in almost every category, but mm-hmm. certainly yards and points allowed. That has to change. And it has to change immediately. So, if I am weighing, hey, what is the most important thing right now for us as a franchise? We're going to solidify this team. My first priority in putting where the dollars and cents are going to go is making sure that our defense is better. And and I know there have been efforts to do that. Uh, I hope they bring back Denzel Perryman. I think he is a very good player. Obviously, he's a free agent too, and they didn't give him a car. They didn't come to terms beforehand. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But there's a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball, again, at all three levels. And I think that's where the – I think that has to be priority. And Josh Jacobs, as great as he is, you want that to be part of the deal here too. But, but I don't know that that's the thought process there. I don't. I, you know, the franchise tag is there for a reason, and it helps teams. Uh, and as much as it stinks for a running back who, you know, like anybody, get hurt in any given moment, especially with the amount of time he touches the football, um, and you want him to get paid, I, I, I think the dollars and cents have to go to, you know, linebacker safety and, and to up the
3: defensive line. We can't let you out of here before I ask you this. Your friend Evan going talked to you on Twitter a little bit about Jimmy G may have a better smile and teeth combo than you, and you played the humble route on Twitter <laughs> that you wanna, you guys gotta, you know, get on a poster together. But are you willing to say that you have the better smile and teeth combo than Jimmy G?
2: Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, Jimmy G's got the joke. So here's the thing: like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate good teeth. Okay, so that's the first thing. I, if, if, if insurance covered it, I would go to the dentist once a month to get cleaning. I like the feeling of clean teeth. I am very few and might be my own, the only person that would ever say that to you on your radio show. So that's the first thing. But Jimmy G's jawline is stupendous, you guys. I don't have that. I don't have the square chiseled chin and the jawline. I don't have that. But our smiles might be similar. <laughs>
1: There you go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There ain't never been nothing wrong with a gap in your teeth. Man, a gap in your teeth is all right. I'll sign up for that every day of the week and twice hey, on Sunday. Listen, I'm
2: good. Listen, Michael Strahan
1: makes $40 million a year with his
2: gaps. Come
1: on. Hey, look, I'm telling you, I'm in good company. I got good company, right? I just, I just haven't got those extra zeros behind my name yet. But I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason, man, thanks so much. Enjoy March Madness. I know it's going to be a blast. It's a great time of year. We definitely appreciate you. We'll be listening to you on Westwood One as well. I'll talk to you next week. All right, there he goes. That's our guy, Jason Horowitz right there, the voice of the silver and black, but also uh, going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to uh, March Madness in the tournament uh, with Westwood One. And again, uh, good partners of ours, so you can hear the tournament, a lot of the games, a lot of the action on ESPN Las Vegas. You'll hear a lot of the action here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You'll hear it on our sister station, KLAV, 1230 The Game. Uh, you'll hear it all over the place. If it's March Madness, Demon, we've got you covered.
3: Oh, and I cannot wait But yeah, he he did try to burst my Memphis bubble a little bit. Oh yeah, with the uh, FAU talk, Uh, they might be the most. It's just two years in a row
1: you've gone with Memphis. Like I remember now that you went with Memphis, I was like, wait a minute, hold on, he just went with them last year.
3: There's a um, you, you might not know him, but Leandre Fox, he works for the Review Journal. Uh-huh. And he went to FAU, so he was, you know, posting the yeah. stuff. And I sent him a video of just a guy, Memphis, 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 Memphis. Memphis, right? Memphis, Memphis. Memphis, Nothing but Memphis. Mm-mm. I'm already talking trash to people. I understand. I understand. I can't be wrong about this. You
1: know, I filled out my bracket earlier, and I do encourage everyone to go to LVSportsNetwork.com, get part of our uh, our, our challenge that we have, our bracket challenge. You could win a whole lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. And we don't have an opportunity to win it. I put my name in there. I've already put my bracket in there. The problem is, is when you're filling it out, it all makes sense. And then you get to the end and you're like, "Oh, damn. There's no way that this is going to happen." So, I did it twice. I did one for ESPN because I do, you know, do side work on ESPN, and then I also did one for LVSportsNetwork.com. And I came out with UCLA winning, and I had them going up against Arizona, and I felt like I was a prisoner of the Pac-12 Championship game. <laughs>
3: I was like, I'm not worth a damn. That's a rematch of the Pac-12 title That's game. That's saying. crazier than
1: Memphis. That's what I'm saying. And so I hated that that happens. But when you're filling out the bracket, it all makes sense when you're going game by game. Then also when you see it all play out, you're like, oh, wait, hold on. I got to make an adjustment. And at that point, I just said, well, screw it. You know, and honestly, as funny as this sounds, I'm, I'm, I'm joking at you and making fun of you for going for Memphis last year. I think I had UCLA last year, too. Mm. I think I I mean I don't Gotta know have to pull the tapes on this I one. I know, I don't know for sure, but I think I did have UCLA last year. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Their game was great, but I think I'm a prisoner of what I just saw. Oh, <sighs> man. All right. Well, good stuff with Jason Horowitz. <laughs> Didn't me. they also
3: lose to Gonzaga?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. Why are you starting to bring up old stuff? All man? right,
3: don't worry about it. This year, that's all that matters.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gonzaga's the most overrated basketball school there is. Tell me tell talk to me when they win something. Ooh. Right? They 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 breeze through their conference and they didn't breeze through it this year. St. Mary's uh, tripped them up along the way. But they breeze through it. They get ready to get to the tournament, they breeze through most of those games, and then they get to the one that matters, and womp, 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 they just lose. They take L's. So yeah. I like what Texas is doing. Coach Rodney Terry, shout out to Coach Terry. Love what he's doing. They just won the Big 12. I think the Big 12 is gonna cannibalize each other. They're gonna just beat each other up throughout the tournament. They beat each other up all season long. Uh, like what the Big Ten's doing, the Big East. I mean, there's there's a lot of good schools, man. Purdue, as Jason mentioned, is a really good school. Um, watch out for uh, Marquette, what Shaka Smart's got going on there. You Watch out for them. Another basketball school, man. If you're a basketball school, you ought to be out there dominating. Like UCLA, basketball school. Arizona, basketball school. They ought to be out there dominating. Gonzaga, mm, not so much. 325 is the time. We'll come back, talk to our guy, Tyler Dragon from USA Today. This is Red Nation Radio 920.
3: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Tom Pelicero from the NFL Network said the Raiders have signed safety Marcus Epps to a two-year $12 million deal with nearly $8 million guaranteed. Epps 27 started all 20 games for Philadelphia last season. Now he cashes in. And also, as Vinny Boston pointed out a little earlier, the Raiders have come to terms in agreement with defensive back. Brandon Faison. Joining us now on the phone lines is Tyler Dragon from USA Today. You can find him on Twitter at TheTylerDragon and with us here on the show. And Tyler, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you. And it's been day one of the legal tampering period. It's been real busy, man. Some of these big names have gotten some big bucks. What did you think of all the money that the Chicago Bears have spent so far? Oh man, uh, the Chicago Bears,
4: they've probably been the most aggressive uh, in free agency uh, this all season. You know, I, I do like uh, some of the moves uh, that they made, especially uh, trading that number one overall pick mm-hmm. to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, wide receiver, it was a huge glaring weakness uh, for the Bears, and they picked up D.J. Moore obviously, and then... Uh, today, in the start of the legal tampering period, they fortified the middle of their defense with Tremaine Edmonds and uh, T.J. Edwards. Now, I do think they did spend a lot of money on that uh, the linebacker position. But you know, if you look at the Chicago Bears, part of their DNA and part of the fabric that has made the Bears who they've been throughout the years, they've always had standout inside linebackers, and they have that going forward into 2023 and beyond with uh, Tremaine Edmonds and uh, T.J. Edwards. So, that you know, they, they've been very active. I, I do like some of the moves that they're making. And Justin Fields has a weapon. Uh, on the outside with DJ Moore.
1: Yeah, he really does. And Chicago had plenty of free agency money, salary cap space uh, coming into today, like $90 million and they're going ahead and they're spending it. They're not holding on to it, they're spending it, which Tyler as you know, that could be dangerous, right? If you go and try to build your team strictly through free agency sometimes it works, but a lot of times that backfires as well.
4: (laughs) Yes, uh, sometimes it does backfire, but with the Bears, there's no direction but to go but up with their sure. franchise. They haven't made the playoffs in a few years, and obviously they did not have a good season last year. And so, you, with these moves, uh, you can sense uh, some excitement not only from their franchise but uh, you know their fan base with DJ Moore coming in the building and uh, that defense, and not to mention they upgraded their offensive line with Nate Davis as well, signing him to a, a three-year um deal worth 30 million dollars so they did it they've been very active during this legal tampering period
1: tyler dragon is our guest here on raider nation radio 920 unnecessary roughness now you mentioned the trade that chicago made with carolina they go down to number nine carolina goes up to number one and is in control of the upcoming draft at the end of april how many teams do you think are going to try to target arizona and make a trade up to number three including possibly the raiders
4: uh, I, I don't see the Raiders making a trade to number 3. However, I do believe their move with Jimmy Garoppolo today uh, signing him, and that signals that he is going to be a British quarterback and they are going to look uh, for a younger quarterback at the top of the draft. Uh, I think the Cardinals like where they're at uh, with that, uh, that number 3 position, and they can possibly get the first defensive player in the draft, maybe the best defensive player in the draft. Uh, especially when I look at a player like Will Anderson, who the Cardinals desperately need pass-rushing help. Um, It would surprise me if the Cardinals uh, traded away their number three pick to move down, Uh, but if they were a team that they were to move down with, I can see a team like the Raiders or somebody within that top ten range because then you can still get a very, very productive difference maker in the first round.
3: The Rams are having an everyone must go sell, and they traded Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. How much does that move the needle for the Dolphins? <laughs>
4: it's funny you ask that because I was in a press conference with a Rams GM, Les Snead, uh, earlier last week, and he was saying that the Rams are going through a remodeling period. And then he named uh, some of the uh, players that they believe that they were their pillar franchise players. And those players were Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup. And he omitted the name Jalen Ramsey. So you kind of got the idea that he was going somewhere else. And lo and behold, a few days later, he got shipped to uh, Miami for the Dolphins. Now, I do believe Jalen Ramsey is not the player that he once was a few years ago when he was that shutdown cornerback and you could not throw to his side. But we've seen him late uh quarterbacks and receivers, there aren't uh, afraid of, uh, you know, going one-on-one against Jalen Ramsey. And he has given up big plays and whatnot. But I do believe it is an upgrade uh, for the Dolphins' uh, defense. And, you know, they have Xavier Howard uh, right there on the other side. So you have him. Uh, You have Holland, um, their standout young safety. So that is a really good secondary with Jalen Ramsey plugged in in there at outside cornerback. And he can play in the inside as well. So I do think the Dolphins, they did upgrade their defense. However, Jalen Ramsey is not the top cornerback in the NFL that he once was before.
3: The Baltimore Ravens released Calais Campbell. How much of a market do you think he's going to have?
4: So I do think Calais Campbell will end up back in Baltimore. Uh, They did leave the door open for him today. I think his release today is kind of uh, the Ravens uh, maneuvering some money around so they can sign Lamar Jackson to a lucrative extension. We all know he is after uh, that guaranteed uh, deal north of $200 million, so I believe Once it's all said and done and the dust settles, Calais Cam will be back in Baltimore uh, just because uh, uh, the franchise really values him not only as a player on the field, but a leader in the locker room as
3: well. Another player that I wonder what his market is going to be, Austin Eckler is looking for a trade out of L.A. Who do you think would put up any capital to get a running back now?
4: (laughs) That's a great question. I talked to his agent today, and yes, he has indeed – asked the uh, Chargers uh, if he can get uh, a trade out of Los Angeles, which is uh, very surprising. And I look at teams like maybe the Buffalo Bills, who are in need of uh, some running back help and really don't have a reliable running back out of the backfield. Uh, Maybe even a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who might uh, lose Miles Sanders, uh, in pre-agency you know there are uh, a plethora of teams that can use a running back like Austin Eckler yes he's 28 years old but he's on the positive uh, I mean the good side of 30 he's not 30 yet when uh, a lot of teams shy away from running backs and signing them to long-term deals so I do think Austin Eckler has a few good uh, standout stellar years uh, left in the tank.
1: Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, you mentioned earlier about the signing or the agreement of uh, Jimmy G headed to Vegas to be the quarterback for the Silver and Black. What are your overall thoughts about that decision, and do you think that the Raiders now, because the salary is not very high, they really seem like they got a pretty good contract with them, do you think they have an opportunity to build the team, particularly on the defensive side of things?
4: Well, they're already started uh, building uh, on the defensive side of football. They just uh, agreed to terms with Marcus Epps, and I think that that's a, a really good signing for their team. You, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I do have to admit, I feel like that's kind of a lateral move from mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Yes, he's a little bit cheaper, uh, but is he a, a better player than Derek Carr? I have to say, no. Is he about on par with Derek Carr? P- probably yes. So. Yes, you get a little bit, save a little money. Maybe you can build up that defense. Maybe you can build up that offensive line that was uh, below average last year in Las Vegas. But when it's all said and done, Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, is going to be a bridge quarterback. Mm-hmm. His contract kind of signifies that. So you have him uh, for a you know pretty good value for two years. And in that third year, I think you know the way the contract's set up, he could, you know, part ways with the franchise and lead uh, to a, you know, that other rookie, uh, well, co- young quarterback taking the reins, which I do believe that they're going to address in the NFL draft.
1: Do you have any idea on who you think that they could target in the upcoming draft?
4: I would love to see Anthony Richardson in Las Vegas. Uh, he's a very, very athletic quarterback, but he's a little raw, and if he gets Two years, just kind of sit behind and uh, learn under uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels. Maybe that second or even third year, he can, uh, you know, get to be the starting quarterback, and I really think he'll take off. But it would benefit him to hold a clipboard and just practice for one or two years.
1: So I got to ask you the question the million dollar question when and when is Aaron Rodgers going to become a, a Jet <laughs> officially? <laughs>
4: Oh man, it seems like any moment it might happen. By the time we get off this call, right? I do think all, all the momentum is leading towards the New York Jets, and um, before the end of the week, certainly Aaron Rodgers um, will make a decision, and he really has to because all these teams, New York especially the Jets and the Green Bay Packers, they're really uh, handcuffed until uh, Aaron Rodgers makes a decision. So you know he's re- if he signs with uh, the New York Jets or, you know, agrees to a trade, he's really, you know, hurting that franchise if he doesn't do it um, in relative soon order. So I do think he's going to make a decision and very soon, but all eyes are, uh, you know, pointing to the New York Jets.
3: Last year, although they were trades, two of the biggest receivers in the game were moved. We haven't seen any big-time free agents at the receiver position get signed. Is that due to the draft cast coming up that's going to be good, or teams just don't value the free agents out at the receiver right now?
4: Well, the uh, receiving uh, free agents aren't as good as they were last year and uh, you know the year before even. And I, I do think uh, the receivers, they will get signed. Uh, You look at a player like Robert Woods, he was, you know, a free agent. He uh, got signed to the um, Houston Texans. So they will come off the board, but you don't have, you know, these notable standout players who are up for trades or, you know, free agents like you had in years past, like a Devontae Adams and a Tyreek Hill who, you know, wanted to uh, move on. So I do think the receivers will come off the board, but you won't get those stellar top-notch uh, receivers that are uh, switching teams but you did just have dj Moore which yep.
3: location. Mm. something else i want to ask you i know it's only day one and the day's not even over yet but who's winning free agency so far in your eyes oh man
4: i would probably have to say um the san francisco 49ers i really like the, the addition of javon uh hargraves he gives the 49ers um, one of the best, best defensive tackle tandems in the National Football League with Eric Armstead, and they really have the best defensive line across the board in the NFL. And this just a risk rich get Richard, because they were the number one total defense in all of football last year, and they just added a standout interior rusher.
3: All right, I know that you're a former track guy. I've got to ask you about Tyreek Hill huh, this weekend. What did you think of his <laughs> performance and the competition he was racing against?
4: Oh man, that, that you that made me laugh because when, from the outside looking in, from the a, a casual fan, it looks like that Tyreek Hill can run against standout track and field athletes, world class track and field athletes from all over the world. But us track aficionados know that a six point seven zero in the sixty—that's outside of the top two hundred in the world now. I'm not knocking Tyreek Hill. That is a, a really good time for a football player and a really good time for him not training in the 60. And he beat, you know, some guys that uh, maybe are substitute teachers or janitors <laughs> or what. You or can what only play, play who's in front of you. <laughs> right. But in the grand scheme of things, if it was against an elite competition and world-class track athletes, He wouldn't have came even close. But from a football perspective and a football player, he's the fastest football player in the NFL. And props to him for putting on the spikes, knocking off some of that dust, and winning the event. That's all he can do at the end of the day. You won against who was in front of you.
1: Yep, that's that's it. It's, it's an, it sounds like another Pro Bowl event happening, right? It's about to be another Pro Bowl activity, uh, potentially at Allegiant Stadium. Well, uh, Tyler, we'll get you out to this. Is there a is there some offensive linemen that you're looking at that could be you know not the the big of the big you know not the Orlando Browns and not the other guys like Juwan Taylor who got a big deal already, but is there a next level of offensive linemen that you think uh, maybe the Raiders can go and get and scoop up at a decent deal?
4: Well, if I were the Raiders, I would try to sign Orlando Brown. Okay. I mean, why shoot for the middle of the road when you can get one of the best tackles in all of football? So I would try to ain't shoot for the offensive <laughs> if I'm uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, in my opinion. But you know, there could be some you know value at the guard spot, or maybe even uh, at the top of the um, you know middle rounds, going the younger route and drafting. A, a rookie tackle or even a rookie guard for the Las Vegas Raiders. But at this point in free agency, especially when you know you offset some money in Derek Carr's contract and you got Jimmy Garoppolo for a bargain, why don't you fortify that left side of your offensive line and sign Orlando Brown to a b- big deal? All
3: right, Q, I know you said we were going to get him out of there with this. This isn't a question. I just got to give him some applause. Uh-oh. Today's Tyler's birthday, and he still did the show today.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> Happy birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's a true grinder right there. Grinders work on their birthdays, man. No days off, and not to mention this, the legal tampering period starts. So uh, Tyler has a very important job with the USA Today covering the whole NFL. So he's got to be on it like a glove as he is. So what do you got coming out, Tyler, that we should be on the lookout for?
4: Well, all the latest news around free agency, we have a free agency tracker on usatoday.com. My name is all over that, so keep it locked on usatoday.com for all the latest news uh, surrounding free agency.
1: And you know we will, man. Appreciate you as always. Again, happy birthday. We appreciate you hopping on the show. Thanks
4: for having me on. Have a great
1: day. You too, brother. There he goes, Tyler Dragon. Great dude right there from the USA Today. You can find him on Twitter, at the. Tyler Dragon, been rocking with us for a a long time, so we definitely appreciate his efforts. And nice little nugget there, DeMond, that you threw in there at the end. Uh, Happy birthday to one Tyler Dragon. 3.46 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number two. Just like that, it's Raider Nation Radio 920.
3: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On
0: Raider Nation
3: Radio.
1: Mailman Raider, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, and we do encourage you to hit us up at any time throughout the course of the show. We could have a guest on or whatever. Hit us up with your thoughts, 69187, keyword R&R. You can always give us a call when we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Coach Scott Spinelli. He'll join us to give us a little March Madness breakdown and see if DeMond is crazy with his Memphis love, but we'll do that coming up at 4 o'clock. Mailman Raider said, Q, I think if the Raiders draft Hooker, who we've been linked to, Stidham would have been a huge need. We're talking injury-prone Jimmy and Hooker coming off the – Off the act, that third stringer is imperative. Similar to the Niners last year. it Almost takes Hooker off the board unless he does fall uh, second to the second round. And man, Q, all the Niner friends are roasting me right now because I talked the most blank about Jimmy with the Niners. L-O-L. That's Mailman Raider. And yeah, again, Jimmy's not a a, a sexy name. He's not anyone that someone's going to get super excited about. I'm not super excited about it. Uh, The contract is really the only thing that I get, uh, I don't want to say fired up about. The contract is what makes it doable. As far as I'm concerned, and not because I have to pay the money, because obviously I don't, but because I know that they have the opportunity now. Now they have to go do it. They have the opportunity to build a team around Jimmy G and whoever the new quarterback's going to be. Again, just like Tyler Dragon, who joined us in the last segment, said he's a bridge guy. We all know that. Uh, he'll be with the Raiders two years max, in my opinion. I don't see him li- working out that whole three years of the deal. I really don't. I see him the next this year and maybe next year, and then they'll be ready to move on from him and whoever they decide to bring in, uh, they'll expect to turn the reins over to him. And so with that money that they still have, they're able to build a team. And we said at the beginning of the show, and I know that Vinny has been very adamant about this, and I'm sure JT alluded to it as well earlier today, is that the Raiders aren't going to go, and they're not signing some big-time names, right? And I know everyone wants to see the big names sign and you know saw what the 49ers did with Hargrave, gave him a boatload of money, Uh, saw what uh, Kansas City did with Jawan Taylor, gave him a boatload of money to play that offensive line position. They're not going to do that. They're going to try to build the team and get some lower-level lower, lower level free agents like the ones that they've signed so far or they've agreed to terms with. The Raiders are expected to sign former Eagle safety Marcus Epps. Again, that's about a $12 million deal with $8 million guaranteed. They also came to terms with Brandon Faison, who was with the Raiders in 2021. Looks like he'll be returning in 2023. So, again, I don't expect there to be any type of big deals for big-time players. right? The guys that I mentioned on my podcast earlier today – None of those guys are in the mix, as far as the Raiders are concerned. They were good names, good players, good thoughts, but a little rich for the Raiders' blood, so they didn't go in that direction. Dave Ziegler is doing everything he can to make sure that they're not they're not overspending and and, and using too much money on one player. They're trying to get more guys to fill the voids that they have, similar to what we saw a season ago. But we do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Lester from the Bay. Lester, welcome to the show, brother. Yep. Oh, Hey, what's
0: up, fellas? Yeah, I'll get in and out before the the hour's up. But, um, yeah, regarding, and I did listen to the previous uh, guest, a lot of that lines up, guys. The way I look at things, I mean, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, it is what it is, right? I'm not excited about it. I'm not down on it. It is what it is. He's a bridge Mm -hmm. quarterback, Um, you know, but regardless, it doesn't matter. We got to get that defense going. We got to get the defensive line going. You got to add a corner and a safety. I mean, I love Chauncey Gardner Johnson to be able to. I would have loved Hardgrove, right? Yeah. It didn't happen. So we got to figure it out. But I think. You know, if the Raiders are going to move up, I mean, you got to move up to number three to get Anthony Richardson if they love him. Uh, That's the quarterback that I would like because, obviously, he has the highest upside, right? And he could be dynamic. And just let him sit behind Garoppolo for a year or two. I don't think they should trade up for Will Levis. I think that would be pointless. Um, If you like Will Levis, you just stay at seven and see what happens from there. Or, like other people have suggested, you know, even if Levis is there, you don't trade up for, for Richardson. Levis is there, then you could even trade down because there's no other teams behind you, I think maybe except for the Titans that need a quarterback. So you could trade down, even get more picks, and then try and build up the defense, maybe draft hooker at the end of the first round or early second round. So I think, you know, I would love to see Richardson, uh, that the Raiders go in that direction, but who knows if they want to give up that much. But they got to get that defense going, guys. We all know it. I mean, we ain't going to go anywhere unless we improve that defense at least 10, 10 12 spots. Right? So uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we get some defensive linemen. I mean, I like, like I mentioned before, I like Lucas Van Es. I like him, Nolan Smith from Georgia. Those are some studs, right? I don't know how it's going to be with Jalen Carter, guys, because if Jalen Carter slips to us in seven, do we really want to go that route again? You know, after what happened with Henny Ruggs and what, and what Jalen Carter's been going through? That's, that's I don't know, they got to really look at that. So
1: we'll see what happens, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks for the call. We do appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, lots to unpack right there. And again, they have an opportunity to do. Uh, exactly what we've been saying, is really try to build up the team. Uh, it's not always something that everyone's going to be excited about or pumped up about, but it kind of, re- like you said, reality is, it is what it is. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray, hit us up on the WBroke.com text line. Love the fact that the Raiders are wasting the prime years of DA, Max, and JJ. And I don't know if they're wasting the prime years. I think that they're trying to actually build up a team so they could be really good players. As, as Max Crosby said, they need some dogs on the team, so they've got to go out there and get those guys. They don't have them yet. The, the dogs on the team are Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, and Josh Jacobs. They need to go and get some dogs. I think they need to get a dog or two on the offensive line that can really be that dude that you know he's going to be that, that, just that anchor Right on that offensive line, uh, you know and they've got to get some more players on the defensive side of things as well. So again, it's only the first day of the legal tampering period. It's not even the uh, the new league year yet. So I understand the anxiousness to see guys get signed and 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 see some some dogs, I should say, uh, you know, co- join the team. But it's just not where it's at just yet. Three fifty six at the time when we come back. We'll turn our attention to some March Madness with Coach Scott Spinelli. This is Brandish Radio nine twenty.